another episode of Access Ability. It's a show on YouTube where we talk about the video game industry, accessibility, and representation. Basically, how can we help more people to play games and more people to see themselves in the games they play? Growing up, I thought that people exaggerated when they talked about the concept of visual imagination. I thought it was a figurative thing I wasn't supposed to take literally. You talk about the idea of closing your eyes and saying, okay, picture a fire truck. What colour is it? Um, how big is it? How many people are riding on it? I always answered those questions by guessing, by answering with words that seemed like they were correct for the situation. I never could see anything in my head, and the idea that people were closing their eyes and actually seeing things that didn't exist, that they were conjuring visually in their head, just didn't occur to me. Every time I've tried to visualise things in my life, in my head, all I get is a string of words that sort of describe the general concept. I don't see things in my head. I don't visually imagine things. I have a neurological condition called aphantasia. So does Jane, who edits Accessibility. And we're not alone. About 1% of the global population has aphantasia. And basically that means that we have no visual imagination. We don't have a mind's eye. We lack the ability to create an image that does not exist in our head, consciously at will when we're awake. I didn't know that was a thing. I I did not know that 99% of you watching this could just make pictures in your head. I thought that was a turn of phrase. Basically, if I say I'm imagining something, I'm not doing that in the traditional sense. I'm taking facts that I know and things that seem sensible in terms of words and trying to fill in the gaps. I saw my girlfriend this morning, but I can't picture her face. I can tell you that she has pink hair, that she shaved the sides and the back of it, and that when she wants to get her hair out of her face she will put it up in a little ponytail on the top of her head, but I can't visually picture that. Those are facts that I know with words. I don't have a visual imagination to picture her face. So today on Accessibility, we're going to talk about aphantasia. We're going to talk about some of the things that I find difficult when playing video games because of the condition, some of the things that game developers can do to make games more accessible to players with aphantasia, and we're going to talk about the fact that a lot of accessibility settings that would help people with aphantasia would be useful to the wider gaming community, or at the very least wouldn't be obviously accessibility features, which I find really interesting. When it comes to gaming with aphantasia, the things that people find difficult will vary depending on the kinds of coping mechanisms that they have personally developed to adapt to the conditions. So during this video I am largely going to focus on my own experiences lacking a visual imagination, and the things that I find difficult or challenging as a result in games. Aphantasia is a spectrum and so are the ways that people respond to having the condition, so I can only really talk about my own experiences and use that as a jumping off point for us to have a conversation. In video games with big sprawling maps containing lots of winding paths and roads, I often struggle to mentally picture a route from where I am to where I'm going. If I've made the journey a lot of times already, I can remember how to reflexively make that journey, but if it's a new route, I can't picture it ahead of time. I can recognise landmarks when I see them, 
and know which turns I have to make, but if I've not made a journey before, I can't hold it visually in my head. If the video game I'm playing offers a map, I can reference that map to see the route to my destination, but often within a few seconds of closing the map, I'm back to being lost. Once I'm not looking at the map, I struggle to create a mental picture of what I was just looking at, or where along that route I am. Usually in games with static maps, I have to handle this by looking at the map and telling myself the next few verbal instructions and trying to recall those, because remembering words is a lot easier for me. I can't visualise the route, but I can remember left, right, skip an intersection, skip an intersection, turn right as a set of instructions if needed. Video games with mini-maps, objective markers, and placeable map pins really help in this regard, as I can reference them every few seconds if needed to see where I need to head next, rather than needing to recall that visual imagination. A great example of an open-world game that I found easy to navigate was Yakuza Like a Dragon, which allows players to pop down a marker on the map of where they'd like to go. The game then overlays a route onto the map, as well as a minimap on the main game screen. Players can then reference the minimap, be shown exactly the route they need to take to get there, without needing to try and guess at the route due to a lack of visual imagination. In games like Among Us, where a key part of the interrogation step is being able to describe your precise actions during gameplay to assert your innocence to other players, I typically need to play with a copy of the game map on another screen near me as I play. Having a visual reference point makes it much easier to remember where I went, and when, and describe it back, which I struggle to do without being able to visually imagine the map while it's closed. One of my favourite games of 2020 that I really struggled to play due to aphantasia was Carrion. It's a game in which you play a giant meat tentacle monster trying to violently escape from a scientific facility. I loved the plot, and the moment-to-moment -moment gameplay, however, the game contained no kind of map at all, and only a very vague objective marker which could tell you the direction of your next objective, but only as the crow flies, not how to get there through the game's winding complex map. What made Carrion particularly difficult to play is that I wasn't ever going through an area enough times to build up a reflex for my journey, and the map was also non-linear. There were frequent teleportation spots that would jump the player around the facility. Even when I found out how a new area and an old one connected, and realised I'd gone from one to the other, I couldn't then build a mental picture of how the map as a whole now looked. Without seeing an overview of the whole picture, I couldn't imagine how things connected together. I understand that in Carrion, the idea was probably that a huge giant monster wouldn't carry around a map the way that a human might. They'd be more interested in wildly bashing their way to freedom, but the lack of any kind of visual reference provided by the game made navigating unassisted nearly impossible. I ended up needing to find a crowdsourced map made by fans online, and struggled to recognise frequently where I was within it to work out how to get where I was going. When it comes to gaming with Aphantasia, uh, having a good map is for me a really good accessibility feature in terms of getting around my lack of official imagination, but there are other genres of games that I love that have little things that I find really difficult with Aphantasia that I think have really simple fixes and I would love to see addressed by more developers because most of them 
can be fixed without things that feel like traditional accessibility features, they're just good settings to have in your game. While I absolutely love detective mystery visual novel style games such as Ace Attorney or Danganronpa, one aspect of them that I often struggle with in the moment is remembering and visualising any clues which were delivered primarily visually. If I am expected to remember what a crime scene looked like, I struggle to imagine the image of the scene which can cause issues. I appreciate when games in these kinds of genres give me, as a player, the ability to, midway through the case, check all of my evidence at my leisure. Ideally, if they provide me photos of the crime scene I can look at again, that tends to be really helpful. Additionally, while I know some players of these games find flashbacks or lengthy verbal descriptions of things that the player can simply see in the scene irritating, I find them very useful. Any chance to either look at the visual information again, or to memorise someone's words about an event, make it much easier for me to find the answers the game is looking for. Also, games, please give me a glossary of people's names and faces. If you mention a name, let me bring up a picture of their face so I can see who you're talking about. So many times in games I find myself having to google characters during conversation, only to instantly recognise them. I just couldn't picture their face while you were discussing them, and it frustrates me to no end. Additionally, if your game contains puzzles where the solution is an image located somewhere else in the game, make sure that you support the player taking screenshots of your software. I know it's not a super common problem, but some Switch games don't allow for screenshot captures, and when those games also have puzzles where you need to remember and later imagine an image you saw, I'm just going to get stuck and have to find paper to draw and write things out myself. Lastly, I find it really useful when games allow me, as a player, to back out of actions if I realise I've not correctly visualised my position within a scene. Ifconfell is an indie RPG about solving a mystery at a magic school, where every character and each of their attacks have a set range of effectiveness around them. The game allowed me to place my character, select an attack, then see the area the attack would hit. If I had incorrectly placed my character because I hadn't imagined correctly where the attack was going to hit, I can back out of the attack, reposition my character and try again. I don't need to imagine the move's effective range, it's laid out in front of me. I've personally learned to live with Aphantasia by dealing with things in words rather than pictures, and finding coping mechanisms, but most of the things that would really help to make games more accessible to me are things that the wide variety of players playing your game won't even consider as accessibility options. They will just be seen as good quality of life updates that most games should have anyway. I look up things like maps in games that aren't supposed to have maps because my brain just doesn't put that information together and I can't visualise it, and you know what? There are players without Aphantasia who would really benefit from, say, a map in Carrion. A lot of these things are just general quality of life updates that everyone will appreciate, but that will really help players like myself who have specific disabilities. Providing a well thought out map with good directions on how to get where you're going, or providing players with a screenshot ability, or the ability to look up information that they haven't seen in a while, or to back out of attacks if they imagined incorrectly where the attack was due to land. These are all things that are just nice quality of life updates that are helpful for a lot of people, and that generally make games more enjoyable, but are particularly useful for gamers like myself who 
lack the visual imagination that a lot of people take for granted. 